The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Everybody, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. Tonight, we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw for September 18th, 2017, the go-home show for No Mercy. With me, as always, is Mr. Raj Geary. And uh, Matt Morgan's out this week, but he should be back Sunday night. Yep. Yeah, he should be back Sunday. So He's a busy man right now. He's got a ton of stuff oh, going God. on. Can you imagine if he gets elected? How is he going to manage all of this? Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. It's crazy. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, well, we look forward to having him back. He's, uh, yeah, he's been off a few shows this month. So hopefully this Sunday, I think, uh, after No Mercy, we should all three of us be reunited. Yes, indeed. Um, so an interesting Monday Night Raw tonight. Uh, throughout the night, lots of tributes to Bobby the Brain Heenan, who passed away this past week. And I thought they handled that very, very well. Loved uh, the clip package that they showed and all the tweets, all the the great comments from people in the wrestling community. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, so great. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Bobby later. But, and just, it was just brought back so many great memories. That guy was so, I mean, just entertaining all around. And he was just awesome. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about more about Bobby soon, in a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll also talk about WWE bringing back an old school pay-per-view name later this year. So uh, not your Great American Bash, your beloved Great American Bash, Raj. That you always Which they had brought, they had brought they that have. back before. Yeah, yeah, not that, but Starcade is coming back. We'll talk about that and what that can mean for a possible return, perhaps, uh, that we'll see around that pay-per-view. All that and more coming up. It's on not a pay-per-view also. Oh, yeah, not a pay-per-view. It's a live yeah, event that's right. going to be on the network. So right. No, it's not going to be. It's, they haven't said it's going to be on the network. Wait, so what's it going to be? It's just, just a live event. Really? Yeah, it's a Saturday Night Live event. Okay, now this blows my mind. That's news being made right there because you see people talking about it, I think with the assumption that since Starcade was a pay-per-view, this is going to be a pay-per-view. No, no, it's just a live event. And uh, I, I can't see them doing it on the network and you know deciding to do it because those are the matches that they're doing at live events all month. So they'd kind of be giving away their live event lineup. Wow. Uh, you know, uh, on the network. So news being made, Raj Giri crushing dreams and hopes of wrestling. Well, I, who wants, I mean, do you really outside of the name, if you look at that card, it's just, it's stuff that's been done a thousand times. It's gender uh, and gender Norton, except it's in a cage in a cage, but they're going to be in a hell in a cell here. That's in, true. You know, a couple of weeks, maybe. Well, the Italian uh, Charlotte, Italian Charlotte's in, in, a cage. in a cage. That That's really the only, uh, the only one that's a little different. Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler is the program going forward. So they're going to be working at all live events anyway, probably the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view. So, I mean, really, the, it's outside of the name. Um, it's it's not much of a, really not much of a show. I When I saw on there, Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens in a grudge match, I should have known it was too good to be true. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll have to travel yeah. to the South to see that live um so raw in my backyard tonight san jose california did not go tonight i'm not going tomorrow night to smackdown in oakland but strangely i'm going to a friday night raw house show in sacramento and the Hmm. same saturday raw house show in fresno where john cena is being advertised priorities yeah you know i think the house shows are more fun man (laughs) actually you know what you're probably right yeah, and Cena in Fresno? I mean, Cena wasn't on TV tonight, but he's going to be in Fresno, California on a Saturday. Well, tonight, he, I mean, he was in China yesterday, oh, so that's, right. that's that's why he wasn't. He would have been otherwise. Global priorities. Um, so tonight's episode opened up again, uh, reflecting on a little bit, uh, well, mentioning tonight the passing of WWE Hall of Famer Bobby the Brain Heenan. And uh, then from there, out came Kurt Angle hyping up Roman Reigns versus Cena, Strowman versus Lesnar, and then interrupted by The Miz, setting the stage for the main event, uh, The Miz and The Miz Taraj, setting up what would be the main event, which was Jason Jordan, Elias, Matt Hardy, and Jeff Hardy versus Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Six-pack challenge. The winner gets to face The Miz for the IC belt on Sunday at No Mercy. So did this, uh, did this whole angle no pun intended, play out pretty much as you thought it would tonight, Raj? Um, 
I mean, you had they, they've been bringing in these quasi shoots a lot lately, and Miz was in there kind of, uh, you know, taking some realistic shots at Kurt Angle. I was half expecting him to mention, you know, his Twitter hacks or, or you know, his Twitter <laughs> being hacked or something. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it 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 was what it was. It uh, you know, you needed something to get Jordan fired up, but, and I don't know, Jordan, man, I don't know if it's just his voice. Like he just does not come off convincing angry, you know, yeah. he just sounds like he's acting and I don't know if he's got the voice for it or, or what, or he just not uh, em- emoting properly, but uh, he's got a lot of work to do on his promos. Yeah. It's very weird to me that they're putting him front and center in a storyline like this and trying to give him some heavy character motivation about feeling like the bastard child of Kurt Angle and just having this, this, you know, kind of gnawing feeling inside him. That you should call him Jason him. Snow. A little Game of Thrones reference. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. the, the whole thing, though, man, I, I don't know. I, I worry about this. I, I think I there's there's so many ways they could take it that could make it work. You know, where Jason Jordan's, like, really using angle and, and uh, you know, really benefiting from it. And, you know, we, we mentioned ideas in the past where Emma was, you know, tweeting pictures of, with her and Jason. They could have done stuff where he's, like, getting Emma favors and, and you know, like, positioning himself into big matches and manipulating Kurt. And you just come across as the snarky heel. The crowd sees it. Kurt's still, you know, thinking it's his son. And then, you know, he comes out later that he never was, uh, you know, Kurt never really was his father, and he just made the whole thing up. It would be a great heel turn. I think they'll wait to sow if they were going to do that. Don't you think they would wait to sow the seeds till after he has the the title? They could. Um, I mean, there's you know again, there's different ways they could go with it. They could go Angle and Jordan as as yeah. a heel uh, tandem, or they could go with what they're doing right now and trying to make Jordan work as a babyface, and it's not working and it's not going to. Yeah, and not not tough. not with this storyline. Well, it's tough to put anyone against the Miz. I mean, you have to be uh, i think at least in the same ballpark as a talker to really square off against him in a promo yeah but the miz is also great because he uh he he does get a lot of emotion from the crowd and a lot of hate from the crowd so he can get the crowd against him but that doesn't always necessarily mean they'll they'll go for the baby face yeah uh so speaking of faces tonight i mean alexa bliss versus nia Jax, and oh my god bailey's back were you, were you surprised by that? I, I knew the time frame was around, you know, she was getting checked in September, she was saying, and it just com- completely slipped my mind. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a, a nice surprise. Uh, this was the place to do it. So I thought that was cool. Uh, weird that she gets thrown in the title match without ever wrestling, but it, <laughs> it adds, you know, it adds some star power to it. So I, I don't have any complaints. Yeah. That it, what, you know what was weird with this? Huh this match when Sasha came out just to watch from ringside, they play her music. Isn't have they been, you know, that seems odd for someone in the middle of a match to start playing their music. <laughs> well, if it's not, uh, if it's not meant to be a distraction. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They yeah. It wasn't a distraction finish. It was just, she's on her way. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was bizarre. Yeah. But I mean, they did kind of, I don't know. I mean, so Nia Jax did win, but this still leaves open a definitive match. If that's the plan to go Nia versus Alexa coming out of a no mercy on Sunday um, to build up to that for perhaps survivor series. But I don't know. I thought that I, I'll tell you, I loved uh, Alexa's move, jumping in the middle, raising the hands of Bailey and Sasha tonight. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. yeah I thought that was good. Just a great, you knew what was coming. But yeah. I, I like their, the three of them working together to take down Nia, too. So Yeah. So um, Sunday will be interesting. There are some different ways they can go. Emma is still in the match. She was not there tonight. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't even mention her, did they? Until oh, no, they, uh, they, later. They, they, they did they mention her, her during this match? I don't think during the match, but they showed her tweet after about deserving a week off. Right. But isn't that... that's odd that during the match you don't mention her once i mean that should have been more like when bailey came out and they're talking about the fatal floor away if you've missed wwe programming for the last month and a half you would have thought that bailey was already in the fatal four way and and had no idea that emma was in it so i thought that was weird i think if people are missing wwe programming on a weekly basis i, I guess it depends on when you stopped watching but i i could see that it would be is it for as repetitive as it is i think it would be tough to really get caught up with how convoluted things are right now. If you were just coming back in to wrestling after a while. 
Yeah. You know, if you're a continuity nerd. Um, yeah, because it's been all over the place. But yeah, so Bailey uh, is going to wrestle on Sunday. And uh, we'll talk about our picks for No Mercy later in the podcast. After that, uh, more reaction to Bobby Heenan's passing uh, throughout the night. And then the video package, Braun versus Brock at No Mercy, building up to that, uh, teasing the interview for later. What did you think of the comparison? I liked all the archive stuff of uh, Brock that they were showing, even the old, the old Heyman clips. He's always looked middle-aged to me, but it's weird that he looks like a much younger middle-aged. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah he never looked like a kid. No, uh, no I, I liked the video package. I thought that was cool. It was a good, uh, good way to contrast them. So I thought, I thought that was good. Yeah, a lot of recaps tonight. I felt even, I mean, even more recap heavy than you. Yeah, it seemed like they were a little lost without having Cena or uh, Lesnar there. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, man. So I want, I want your reaction to this: Cesaro and Sheamus Ugh. versus Callison Anderson versus Rollins and Ambrose. What do you what do you think this did to to this edition of Monday Night Raw for you? It it was a really good, uh, long, pointless, good match. <laughs> you know? Sure, it was a really good match that had no point. It was just filler on the go home show for what should be one of the most anticipated pay per views of the year. I feel like. The way they promoted those two, the two big matches, which are really like they could Huge. be WrestleMania matches, both of them, um, was very lackluster tonight. I mean, I if if it were me, I would have had like segments where wrestlers are talking about who they think are going to win between Braun and, and Lesnar, or talking about who who's going to win between uh, you know Reigns and Cena. Just make it seem larger than life, and instead it was just kind of we're just kind of going to do the same stuff. And this then, just derailed the moment. This was like a half an hour segment when all yeah. was said and done. Someone in their comment section point, <laughs> wrote that the the club are now the new young stallions, which is which is kind of fitting. I mean, they never win; they're just kind of there. So uh, I, I got a kick out of that. But anyway, yeah. I mean, it was a, again, it was a really good match, but just completely pointless. Seth Rollins taking the pin. I, I'm I, you know, WWE math. I'm pretty sure that means that they're winning this sunday i just the revival are back right I mean, no no it's just dash wilder oh just dash, that's re- right. that's revival is not gonna be event. around for a while dash wilder is losing on main event so who else do we got do we got another tag i mean rhino and slater could have been in a squash tonight they could have um something just give me a little more storytelling as opposed to uh, you know let's just throw them in a match we're the bar no guys we're really friends hey nerds let's wrestle it's just Paint by numbers at this point. Yeah, that verbiage was so just so scripted. You know, it was just so unnatural at the beginning. But hey, Gallus is getting that nerds thing over. So. You know, there's something about the WWE. It's like the Simpsons and the rake joke of Homer stepping on the rakes, where you're like, oh, this is kind of funny in a stupid way. And then, okay, okay, man, they're really going to keep running with this. And then after the 12th or 13th time, you just start laughing. Yeah. Because you're like, it's anti comedy at that point. Yeah, that's going to be a shirt soon. I'm surprised it's not yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they have the nerds line of WWE shirts. Yeah. Yeah, so that's just all the, the superstars on, like, glasses. Yeah. Um, the Bar finally got a shirt. Seamus and Cesaro. Yeah, I yeah, saw that. So that. The Bar is, they're really committing to that as the name of the tag team. So, yeah. It's, gives them, it's something. It's better than Seamus. And- I don't know if it's better than Seamus and Cesaro, actually. And they're, they're, these are all great wrestlers who have charisma. And I think that it's just, I mean, we, we analyzed this before and it seems like they did this with the Hardys and Sheamus and Cesaro. You just put, you put the same people in variations of the same match enough. And after a while, you just sort of glaze over. Yeah. They, and they seem like lesser stars. I feel like it's already starting to happen to Rollins and Ambrose. I mean, those guys, when they won the tag titles, it elevates the tag titles, but you should change your storylines when you got big stars as your champions. Oh, absolutely. They're just doing the same thing they do with every tag team, you know, every tag team title reign and every tag team feud is done the same way. And we're just seeing more of that. Yeah. I don't get it, man. I used to love tag team wrestling, but I feel like with the way they're booking it lately, it's just, um, I mean, it's like same thing on SmackDown. Give me a match with the Ascension. Never thought I would say those words. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, yeah, I've said this before. I almost feel like the tag division should be on one show. Yeah. Because do something. they just don't have enough depth. But that being said, 
in many ways, this was the highlight of the show. This was by far the best match. Yeah. Although the main event wasn't bad, but this was this was good wrestling wise. It just pointless. It's preseason football again. Yeah. Um, okay, so this was this was interesting. The setup backstage, we saw Goldust talking to Angle. What what I was saying, wouldn't it be great if this happened, happened tonight? Yeah. Wrestling without the makeup. Yeah. As uh, Dustin just, Rhodes. Yeah, just gave him a way to do the same match a second week in a row. Just tweak it a little bit. Hey, at least you didn't have to put the makeup on tonight. You got to yeah. think he was backstage like, oh, thank God, a Monday where I don't have to do this. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Dustin. I, I think the Goldust thing is tired, and I almost think uh, he should, you know, find a new outfit and, and go just be Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. No, I think it would be great. Well, people were speculating on, on uh, Twitter about, you know, with Starcade, the live event that is not a special and not a pay-per-view that you're actually going to have to be there to see live. Yeah. Um, that, would, that would be a good showcase. Would it? Fitting. Do you think well, people would actually care, though, once he's out there? No, I think... I mean, no uh, one, when he I'm, came out, no one cared. You know, it's, there's a novelty one week jumpsuit. and then... Yeah. Backstage segments don't really play. I mean, I found this live. I don't know if this is your experience. Backstage segments rarely play well when you're there live. Yeah. Unless, you know, someone says a cuss word or something. But, but I mean, regardless, even when Goldust came out in the match, hmm. um, you know, it's just he, he, that that time is kind of gone. So you, you throw him on that live event show just because it's called Starcade. That's fine. But ultimately, I don't think people are going to care. I keep holding out hope there'll be one last run. You know, maybe that would be the thing. Maybe goes out as Dustin. I was hoping with those Goldust promos because I was really getting a kick, uh, you know, a kick out of those. But they, you know, fizzled out after that, like the one match with our truth and then that whole thing just kind of fizzled out. Yeah, that, and that was a weird one. That wasn't even so much a fizzle out. It was just sort of like, ah, we just kind of decided to forget about this. We had yeah. something and then we lost it. Um, okay, well, there's a lot more to talk about in what happened on this episode of Raw. Uh, a lot more to talk about speculation about Starcade, the live event, not a pay-per-view, not uh, on the network. Uh, but first, want to take a moment, thank the sponsor of this episode, and that is WWE Hall of Famer Diamond Dallas Page and DDP Yoga. Diamond Dallas Page is celebrating his Hall of Fame induction with the DDP UK Tour. It's, it's happening this month in September. And it's a Q&A and conversation with DDP in Glasgow, Manchester, Birmingham, and London. You saw his Hall of Fame speech. You know he could tell some inspiring stories. And there's also going to be DDP yoga workshops in Harrogate, Glasgow, Newcastle, Manchester, Birmingham, and London. Go to ddpuktour.com to reserve your spot and fill out the details. And if he's not coming near you anytime soon, DDP Yoga folks, including the DDP Yoga Now app, which is used by the likes of Chris Jericho, AJ Styles, Mick Foley, and Goldust himself. Look at the shape he's in now. Remember the shape he was in back years ago doing Black Rain. How did he turn that around? DDP Yoga. You can do it for yourself. Check it out. Everyone that uses DDP Yoga swears by it, and the app has everything, including over 150 workouts, including live workouts from the DDP Yoga Performance Center, as well as awesome cooking shows, motivational messages, and tons more. And right now you can get the app and the DVDs for 20% off. To take advantage of the summer sale, well, fall sale now, go to ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc and use the promo code summer17, that's summer17 at checkout. I guess technically summer has a few days left. ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc and use the promo code summer17 at checkout to save 20% off. And we thank them for sponsoring the show. Yeah, I mean, Dustin Rhodes is 48 years old, and look at how, how good he looks out there. So it, uh, it, it works miracles. Yeah, I mean, it really does. And it's amazing that you just see again and again these stories from people that use it. And I've never actually read anything bad about it. And I'm talking about on Twitter, on yeah. Reddit, on the comments. Everybody that uses it loves it and appreciates what it can do for them. Such a great sponsor to have. Love working with them on the podcast. So after that tonight they're just really lampshade in this Kurt Hawkins thing. Um, I get a kick I, out of Kurt Hawkins. I like him again. But. It's happened so much now <laughs> that something that's, that's, that was lame kind of became funny and kind of yeah. became cool. I'd like to see him do the star maker thing where you're assuming he's going to job and then he picks up a win. Well, that's what I hope they're building towards. You know, yeah. who's hey, the poor sap that takes that loss, though? Hey, That's, you know, six months ago, we could have had this conversation about Jinder Mahal, you know? Yeah, that's look true. At that. So Kurt Hawkins, future universal champion. The question is who he gets the belt from. Yeah, he um, starts his own win streak. 
Yeah. I mean, clearly they, they like him uh, and they enjoy using him in this capacity. And I think, you know what, to lampshade it, why not? Uh, tonight with Apollo Crews, I felt like it was, it was a nice showcase for Apollo. Has he been off TV for a little while? Or at least yeah, he was yeah he's been off for a while. Again, what the hell are they doing? This is the go-home show. You got a pay-per-view <laughs> this Sunday. You're bringing out a guy you haven't used in weeks uh, you know, for a showcase match who isn't on the pay-per-view this Sunday. I don't, it makes no sense to me. Why not do this next week? Yeah. Uh, this did not feel like a go home show for a pay-per-view again, this, you, you know, the, this pay-per-view should be the third biggest of the year with those two matches. And it didn't feel like it tonight. Yeah. Um, Apollo looks great though tonight. It had been long enough that I was like, Oh, Hey, forgot how talented this guy was. I'm a big Apollo fan. He just needs to find the right character or, you know, f- find the right dynamic with Titus that, that can help take them to the next level, whether it's being comedic foil or the straight guy to Titus's, you know, uh, uh, wild guy. I don't know, just something to, to find the right relationship and, and the right synergy. So after this, which by the way, uh, Kurt Hawkins lost. Um, after that, we had the interview segment with Braun Strowman. And Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman on split screen. Now, Raj, destroying kayfabe online. This was taped last week, you were saying? Yeah, yeah, that was taped last week. What did you think of it overall? Of this I thought it just seemed awkward. It just didn't, it never got going. And, you know, that's the problem when you do, when you pre-tape these, you don't have a organic kind of going back and forth. You know, it's kind of like waiting. You, you, you wait for that pause to fill, and then you start talking. And, you know, it's... You're, you're trying to do like this movie magic thing. It would have been better to just have Michael Cole backstage doing a full interview with Lesnar as opposed to trying to come across as you're doing this live. Um, it just came across as awkward and ineffective. I thought I usually love these, the backstage Lesnar interviews, but I thought this one was nothing. Yeah. And I thought the suplex city bitch is getting a little old as far as, yeah, I, I, he already said that, so it would have been better if he at least added something to it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, we had Roman tonight getting bleeped. You know, I'm just saying, let's up let's up the profanity level. I mean, we got <laughs> yeah. Bastard yeah. being tossed about casually. You know, I mean, come on. Right, you had Bastard, Bitch, uh, Shit. What yeah. else? But uh, Roman dropped one other one, right? Uh, did he? I've, you know, I started to glaze over during that. I thought it was very awkward. Um, although I respect the continuity of that. Um, I mean, so yeah, let's, let's talk about that promo. Um, so <laughs> Roman's promo was essentially showing a Cena promo from 2012 <laughs> and then just imitating it at the end. It was just kind of like, well, you know, the, he, I mean, at first that is, I mean, it is a, it is a good point. Sure. As far as hypocrisy, because Cena, he used to come down hard on The Rock for that, you know, and that first taste of, you know, Hollywood is success. And now when Cena's really getting real Hollywood offers, uh, he's kind of in and out. And um, so that part's good. But when Reigns is giving him crap for not being on tonight's show, he's not on tonight's show because he was at a WWE live event in China. You know, like, yeah, he's he's not there because of a WWE commitment, not because of a Hollywood thing. So, you know, again, you can't fault Reigns for that. That's the WWE writing team throwing that in there. But uh, I actually thought it was it, it was fine. It just seemed like kind of more of the same. These promos have gotten really I really loved the Cena Reigns promo the first week. thought oh, yeah. it was a, decent the second. And it's just kind of gone gotten so repetitive since then. And um yeah, I thought Reigns dropping Alex Riley was something different. Again, it's the writers trying to come up with something juicy like they did with the drug test thing last week. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I thought that, that that was the most memorable part of that promo was that Alex Riley drop. I mean, Reigns just doesn't have, I mean, Cena's got so much swagger and confidence and I just, I mean, Reigns just isn't at the level. Reigns is better than he has been. Yeah, I thought this might have been his best promo since the first week, at least. Yeah. Um, but again, I think the the repetitiveness uh, of it all kind of hurt it. Yeah. So did you think it was sowing the seeds, Renee Young backstage with the Hardys? 
talking to Matt and Jeff, maybe building up. That's going to be the plan now that uh, Jeff is not in the IC title picture. What, them feuding? Yeah. I hope not. Mm. They Anytime they feuded, it's, the, it, it just never works with them. There are just certain siblings where that dynamic, when you know, it was the same with Nikki and Bree, that feud went nowhere. It's like yeah. when you know that they don't really hate each other and they're just doing it for the sake of doing it, uh, it doesn't work. I mean, when was the last time you saw a true good brother versus brother feud or sister versus sister that you know fans were really into? I mean, the last one I can think of is Brett and Owen, but there had to have been one since. In the WWE? I yeah, mean, in the WWE. I, I think that that's so rare that they don't really specialize in doing it well. I feel oh, they, like they do them all the time. I no, mean, but any, what I'm saying is, but it feels like it's, they feel that that's enough to carry it. It's like, well, they're related. There's right. your storyline. Yeah, because like, they've done Matt and Jeff before. They've done yeah. Goldust and Cody. Um, yeah, I mean, they've... Kane and Undertaker, which doesn't count. Kane and Undertaker, I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, kayfabe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the kayfabe, that was the last one. And maybe that's the key. Maybe that's the key to it all, is that kayfabe is always far more interesting than, than reality. Right. Um, so, speaking of uh, Dustin, so yeah, Bray Wyatt versus Dustin Rhodes tonight. The match happened. I knew that, that Bray was going to win. I mean, he had to in, in building up his match with Finn. I just wish, and I thought Dustin got some good offense, and I just wish it gone on a little bit longer to make it a little more of a credible match, a little more of a showcase. Yeah, I, I think it was just a, another way to kill time to build Bray and Finn, you know? Yeah. What did you think of that with uh, Finn doing the little eh. promo? Yeah. It's, it's the way I feel with almost every Bray Wyatt feud. Yeah. Yeah, I'm done with the spooky mind games and the Halloween stuff. I like the Finn Balor demon outfit. I, I like the demon, you know, the character's cool. But this Spray White feud is just it's doing nothing for me. Finn no delivered makeup. it well. Yeah, no makeup on Sunday. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'd uh, love to see Finn move on to something like something, oh something else. Uh He's so great in that ring. I mean, whether it's it's crazy because there's so many talented wrestlers when you think of just Nakamura and AJ Styles and Bobby Roode and all, you know. He, he should be going against The Miz. He should be in a program with The Miz. It's the the, the highest he can be right now. If you've got... On Raw, that's the highest he can be. You're yeah. right. But if he... if Man, if they could trade him to SmackDown, I think he could do so much on that brand. Yeah. But man, him with the Miz, I think that actually would be a really good feud. I think Finn. I just think it brings Finn down. I just think yeah. Finn should be higher on the card. I don't see Miz as a main event guy right now. I see Finn there, uh, or close to it, and uh, I just don't. I think the Miz kind of brings him down a peg. Yeah, but as long as you've got Brock or even Braun as the champion, I think it's going to be tough. It, you know, but that's where Samoa Joe would have been great if he'd won because I think Samoa Joe versus Finn makes a ton of sense to do that again um someone's pointing out that in june i wanted a bray finn feud i did for SummerSlam, and we got it and that was it not uh you know a quarter of a year later we're still doing it yeah uh correct and mike's pointing out i'm not saying the roman has no swagger i'm saying he does not have the swagger of cena i mean yeah, cena no, no, no. i thought brains i thought brains was good here i thought brains has been good it's just cena's the, the you know he's better than anyone in that company at those kind of promos i mean he would destroy anyone and isn't it weird? I mean, Cena was so uncool for years. And now I feel like people have come full circle again. And part of it's because he's just so much better than a lot of the guys, as far as a talker goes, than a lot of the guys they have now at the top. Yeah. I mean, the one guy who would destroy, you know, Cena on an open mic, you know who that is? Hmm. Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan in his day. It destroyed I'm sure. him. I'm sure. Um, man. Yeah. Part, but that's part of it. I mean, like, it's so rare now that that it factor of being able to do to, to to I think wrestle and be able to talk at that level and put together promos at that level. I feel like we get a lot of one or the other, or it's 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 like it's like creative wrestler, and you only have so many points, and you have to decide which bucket you want to put them into. Do you want to be a gifted technical wrestler? Do you want to be a gifted talker? You know, and it's like that balance. Everyone's at a different spot. Yeah. Um. 
But a couple of people are pointing at us are saying Finn yeah. is not a main event guy. Some say he is. I think on Raw he's not. I don't see them putting him in the mix with Brock, Braun, Roman, oh, no. God, no. those guys. But I think on SmackDown he easily could be. Although I don't know, man. I mean, with Roman, I mean he was in the mix. I mean, he beat Seth for you know at SummerSlam for the Universal Title. So yeah, that was when he first came in. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what to do? I still think my, what my what I uh, presented on Wednesday's podcast. I think all the sort of internet wrestling favorites are slowly going to get migrated over to Two Hundred Five Live, and that <laughs> will be their last ditch effort to prop up the show before killing it outright. So you'll see Rosango, you'll see Finn, you'll see Sami Zayn, all these guys. They'll become like Next Plus or NXT Plus, you know? I, I don't see them doing that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes with Enzo. Well, I'm, I'm curious what the viewership is, if viewership's up on 205 Live since Enzo went over. I mean, remember, Neville was a main roster, former NXT it's, main roster guy that got shuffled it, over there. It seems like it's getting back to where it was. Yeah. I think there was that curiosity initially, and now it's <laughs> it's going back to where it was. Uh, well, we did get we did get an actual cruiserweight match tonight, so that was interesting. Uh, but before that, Enzo just got demolished by Braun Strowman um, with no rhyme, reason, or storyline set up at all. See, they could have done this with Curtis Hawkins. You know, they could have had Braun come out and destroy, do the same thing with Curtis Hawkins. But, you know, I know WWE loves to destroy and humiliate Enzo, but... <laughs> You know, the week before he's in the cruiserweight title match, I think all that does is it just buries your division even further. It oh, just I shows thought, that your yeah. your your top star basically right now on two oh five live is a joke. And he's in the title match. And uh, just wait a week. Have it Braun kill him next week. I'm actually surprised they didn't go a step further and have Braun destroy Neville when he came out too. And, just be <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, and this is the last we will see 205 live and the cruiserweights on Raw. I was worried they were going to do that when yeah. Neville came out. I was like, please don't bury Neville in the process. I mean, the cruiserweight division is already dead. So there's just, they're adding and they're burying it an extra foot, basically. Adding an um, extra foot to the grave. Yeah. We'll see what happens on Sunday. We'll talk about our predictions later in the podcast. Was that calling him Curtis Hawkins? Uh, yeah. Uh, Kurt Hawkins. Gee, sorry. It happens, man. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Neville versus Dorado taking off the mask. Chris brought up a great point. Huh. So they do an unmasking. And right after this, they go to a, a promo for Hispanic Heritage Month. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, good God. Are you WWE kidding me? folks, you know. Hey, and it wasn't Eddie or Ray, you no, know. Uh, no, as, no, Jennifer one, Lopez. Someone who's never been on WWE television. <laughs> That's got to be an NBC Universal call. They're like, look, she's doing TV now. We really want to make, you know, peace with her. Um, that was just sort of out of no. I mean, because they've done that before. Remember, wasn't it? Uh, Women's History Month that they did it, or Black History Month, where they're uh, honoring like Hussein Bolt, and yeah, it was Black History Month where they were honoring, uh, you know, Rosa Parks and and all that yeah. stuff. So it, like, normally they start off with normally it's always like I, the past couple of years it feels like it's always Eddie. Eddie's always the first one, you know, and then they go in Cesar Chavez, and then maybe the fourth one you get's a little more of a wild card pick. Right, so this year Black History Month they did it with non wrestlers, yeah, and so it looks like they're doing the same with Hispanic Heritage Month, which is kind of weird. I, I guess maybe they just thought it's it's repetitive every year doing the same wrestlers, but um, I don't know. Yeah, that was very it's, weird. It's weird. Wait, was that who was that against? Uh, was that Dorado or was someone in chat saying no, uh, Grand, uh, Grand Metalik? Yeah. yeah. Pardon me, our uh, the recap on Wrestling Inc. Garage. You gotta since Oh yeah? Yeah. I don't know. It's what I go by here, folks. This is the cheat sheet. I'm pulling back, exposing K Mark is typing at a thousand miles an hour. Oh yeah, I thought I was like, wait a second. Nope. I just read what it writes here because that way, you know. Yeah, no, I do the same. Um, okay, so after that, it's good Jennifer Lopez is finally getting recognized, though. I think we can all agree it's long overdue. Yeah, she's been yeah underrated the first thing that popped in my mind was that south park episode do you remember that with carbon in the hand i'm not gonna I do it i haven't seen I've, i haven't seen south park in this was like 14 like, years ago I'd, it was back when she was with ben i haven't Affleck. seen it in 17 years oh wow that long <laughs> no it's since like the first season 
Wow, that's impressive. Um, so the six-pack challenge tonight to crown a new number one contender for the WWE Intercontinental title. And that was Elias versus Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy versus Curtis Axel versus Bodaus versus Jason Jordan with The Miz at ringside. Elias sang a song, got got some shots in, I thought. Again, Elias, you you run it into the ground long enough, and I start, like, I'm conditioned. I start to appreciate it after a while. I go, oh, yeah, that was actually pretty good. Oh, I think uh, I think Elias has been he's been on he's been doing well. Always been good. Always been good in the ring. I don't think that's ever been the issue. It's just this gimmick. But man, Vince, Vince McMahon is secretly a genius. He knows that if you just force something down people's throats long enough, eventually they'll be into it. It can be. It depends who's doing it. I, mean, I don't think the same thing's going to happen with Aiden English. Uh, not with the singing part, but uh, with everything else. But yeah, that gimmick is just uh, um. So this match was good as about, what, 20, 20 some odd minutes when all was said and done? Yeah, it was pretty long. Lots of back and forth. I pretty much assumed Jason Jordan was winning this thing, so uh, kind of yeah, I think, how I thought it would. Yeah, I think it was pretty obvious. Um, it's a good match. Again, it's just weird. Your main event of Raw, the go-home I hate to keep bringing this up, but the go-home show to No Mercy was Cena versus Reigns. Oh, huge. Huge. And Strowman versus Lesnar and ends with Jason Jordan getting an intercontinental title shot. That's how the go home show ends. Think about that. <laughs> you know, story. what the hell? End with the Reigns promo. End with Lesnar and Strowman. End with Strowman destroying somebody and getting in the mic and, and you know, saying, uh, you know, I'm coming for you, Lesnar. Something. Yeah. But good God. This just shows. I thought for what it was sucked. It had the two good matches and then it, nothing else. Well, it's tough. Also last week, raw was raw was good last week, but SmackDown last week was incredible. It was good. Yeah, you know, I went back and watched it outside of the Owens, Vince and the new day and uh, the new day stuff. It, the, the rest was all filler. Isn't it amazing though? How a great ending colors the perception. It does. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I've been going back on the network and you rewatch a lot of, you know, quote unquote, historic moments in the WWE. And it's that one segment that everyone talks about and the rest is like, oh, this actually is terrible. Like, this yeah, is aged horribly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I thought, you know, I thought it was, um, yeah, I thought it was uh, last week's SmackDown going back and thinking about it. It was good. Not, not, it wasn't one of the best episodes that they've done, in my opinion. And the May Young final last week yeah well. i think the whole night just felt like a bigger deal and, oh definitely and that added a lot to it and that's i think 50 percent of wwe fandom is entirely prisoner of the moment if they create the moment well oh, yeah. enough you're just like oh my god this company <laughs> just just does nothing but delight me how many episodes of raw do you see that are actually pretty good and then Ro roman wins the main event and everyone's like ah oh, that episode sucked you know <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really like just an abusive codependent relationship where you're just like oh they just it's like it's like the father that just lets you down again and again doesn't show up but then he gives you you know a nerf football for christmas and you're like oh my god you're the dad i've always wanted yeah you know it's very weird it's very weird it's weird and it's also weird they're, they're doing the same thing they did last year during football season with just putting random stuff in the main event spot and the main event stuff earlier in the show Last week, football didn't seem to have too much of an effect on Raw. So I don't know if they're thinking that just people are turning away in the third hour because of football. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And uh, there was something cathartic, man. If they could have brought out Vince McMahon and this week had Braun Strowman beat him up, I would have felt like, you know, let's just every week a different superstar attacks Vince McMahon. And I think that would be the great way to <laughs> just end every episode for the next year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, overall, I, I don't even think we need to have a final thought on uh, this. It was, it, I take it. I, it didn't suck. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It, but for a go home show, for a regular show, it was fine. It was a C plus, B minus. But again, for a go home show, I thought it was weak. Especially coming off of the last few weeks, they could have really kicked it up a notch and built some huge anticipation for Sunday, which should be amazing, right? So I mean, let's go through the card. We'll start at the bottom. The Miz versus Jason Jordan. Um, yeah. Do you think it's it's JJ's time to shine, or is I can, the Miz see, them, I can see them going with Jordan with the belt? Yeah. Now that the Miz is just uh, his, he so a week or two ago, what he surpassed another record 
for consecutive days being IC champion. Yeah. So wait, how did how did it end last night? The Mistaraj beat him down, right? Uh, oh, tonight show. Um, yeah, the Mistaraj beat down Jason Jordan. after Jordan had given Miz a couple of suplexes. Yeah, beat him down, called him a bastard. It was a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I could see Jordan winning. I mean, so it keeps the feud going too. Oh, please keep that feud going. Well, it, it hasn't really started until, you know, like they've been, been going on teasing. Like, it feels like this feud's been going on forever. It's just never gotten going, but it started. They've been they've been teasing it for a while, but it just never got going. So. Yeah, weren't we speculating this match was going to happen at SummerSlam? I mean, yeah, yeah. And so, okay, so it's finally happening. Um, it's the, the bottom match on the card. Maybe it gets bumped to the pre-show, although who knows, uh, they could, uh, surprise us. We could have Apollo Cruz and Kurt Hawkins rematch on the pre-show. That's my guess of, uh, if they're going to add something to it, but yeah, the Miz versus Jason Jordan singles match for the IC championship. Uh, we'll see what happens. I hope the Miz retains. I just don't think Jason Jordan is, uh, his, I don't think his mic skills are there, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Fatal five way for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks versus Bailey versus Nia Jax versus Emma. Raj, who wins? And more importantly, since you cast a doubt when I said, oh, Emma's going to take the pin. Who takes the pin? I think Alexa pins Sasha. It's definitive. I like that. Yeah. And then after that, they go into Alexa versus Nia for for Survivor Series. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, I think Alexa retains, but yeah, I think Emma's going to take the pin just because they've, I don't think they know what they want to do with Sasha or Bailey, but I think that they know they might want to do something maybe someday at some point if they have the right idea. I could see them having Sasha take the pin because of her recent comments. <laughs> you know, yeah, like speaking stuff out. like that. On Sam Roberts' podcast, no yeah, less. Yeah, saying like how on Raw, she never knows what she's doing when she gets to the arena, but she did in NXT. And no, this wasn't Sam Roberts. This was just oh. over the weekend. Check it out on oh, Wrestling Oh, more. Yeah. More. Oh. She was asked about if she prefers NXT or, or Raw. She said NXT. Um, so yeah, I, I, could, I could see them having her lose just based on that. Yeah, we shall see. Maybe Am's out of the doghouse finally. Um... Okay, Neville versus Enzo Amore for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. I could almost see them going with Enzo. Possible. I could see it because they have no one else right now. I mean, Enzo has given 205 Live a little spark. It gives you, you know, people a reason to tune in. So I could almost see them going with Enzo just to keep the feud going and then Neville winning it back at the next pay-per-view or, or, you know, down the road. Hasn't it always been though in NXT Enzo and Cass had this, they definitely had on the main roster where there's an argument that says, well, if this guy is so over with the fans, he doesn't need a title at that point. He doesn't need a title, but Neville needs an opponent. That's true. So it's more, more of that. It's more to have a, a feud on 205 live to, to keep it going. So. Who would have thought of Enzo and Cass? If I would have said to you a year ago, oh yeah, the first one to win a championship, it's going to be Enzo single as a cruiserweight champ. People would have thought that was nuts. Yeah. Someone's asking about where the Sasha interview was from. It was from, it was called Her Take. Um, and so just check it out. It was posted yesterday on Sunday. So just go to the site. It's the headline is Sasha Banks on preferring NXT to Raw which WWE legend slid into her DMs, her wrestling friends, and more. So check that out. I feel like people just say, you know, Sasha, how's it going today? And she's like, you know, I'm unclear what booking is doing with me. This isn't like NXT. (laughs) I think Sasha needs to get some lessons from Miz on, (laughs) you know, be a robot in those media interviews and you'll be fine. Yeah. But I I like her interviews. I mean, it's refreshing to hear someone speak in their mind and, and not giving just the same regurgitated crap. I'm sure WWE corporate feels the exact same way. Um, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt singles match. No makeup. Hopefully Balor and this feud ends. But where does Bray Wyatt go next? Who who cares? (laughs) People criticize me all the time for saying I want everyone to turn heel, which isn't necessarily true. But uh, I think Bray Wyatt could use a baby face turn. So 
<laughs> that's where I would go with them. God, speaking of it, so that's what I'm looking forward to, to seeing this weekend at the house shows. And people were talking about it, um, I guess in the Japan run, Bray was getting some chance, or maybe it was Hawaii or something. He's doing the suck it motion. Like Bray at a house show is so much fun. I think if they gave him a face turn, I think it, he's just so likable. Yeah. He's got this goofy charm about him if they just uh, let him run with that. Already, he doesn't really get heel heat, you know, no, when he comes no. out and everything. It's like fans have to remember after his entrance to start booing him. But he, it's not like you get this passionate fans hating him. So, like yeah, I, I think they, sh- they should do that. Yeah. Uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins defend the tag team championship uh, against Cesaro and Sheamus. Yeah, uh, Rollins and Ambrose. <laughs> They're not going to hot potato it back and forth. That's a gimme. Yeah. Uh, Do you think uh, their feud with Cesaro and Sheamus dies after this? No, because they have no one else. (laughs) Yeah. Next week, it'll be one-on-one singles action. Right. One in the corner. And the week after that, it'll be the opposite of it. And the week after that, it'll be a tornado tag match. Yeah. Going to be great. We know the formula. But it's all like now always Cesaro and Sheamus. Like, they will be the ones chasing, regardless of who has the belt. Yeah, I mean, they could do a title change the next time around. You know, it's like the Usos of New Day, where you just keep going back and forth to keep it going forever. But when they break them up again, I think Rollins and Ambrose could be, a you know. But that's the problem, though, is that I think Rollins has been doing so well. Neither Rollins or Ambrose, I think, really excelled at being a heel. So I don't think breaking them up and doing a feud, maybe that's not the best way to go, if that's what they're headed towards. Uh. I mean, the way they keep talking about how they're brothers and everything definitely seems like one of them is turning on the other. And I think Ambrose turning on Rollins makes way more sense than the other way around. Because I think otherwise Ambrose looks like an idiot. So, Well, and I have to say it before someone in the chat room does. Do you think the both of them potentially get involved in the next match we're going to talk about of Cena versus Reigns? They help Roman and we see a Shield reunion. I don't think that. I don't think that's their plan. Yeah, probably. So. Well, yeah, maybe that that's more Survivor Series or WrestleMania. Yeah, I just don't see them. I, I just I, it just seems like they had nothing for Rollins and 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 uh, Ambrose. So this was something for them to do because yeah. they really didn't, you know. So um, yeah, I think uh, that yeah, I don't see them doing that. Well, although, so how do you end Cena versus Reigns? What is the satisfactory? This is how they're going to end it. Reigns beating Cena clean. Ooh. I'm telling Building you, that's, up. How, that's how yep. it's going to end. Are you still hearing the plan? And, is... and, and Cena, Cena raises Reigns' hand. Comes back the next night and goes, you've won my respect. I have a feeling the fact that they did this match this quickly, I have a feeling Cena's probably taken off soon to start mm-hmm. filming that transformers movie so is he can come back and do the promos he can come back and do what daniel bryan and mark henry and aj styles did and do the now i'm gonna put roman over promo pretty know? much yeah roman you I are the that. biggest dog in the yard yeah <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure wow he's gonna say you won my respect because he said he didn't respect him he says you won right my respect uh you're you're you know, worth the hype or I don't know, whatever he, he'll know how to say it, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. This now it'd be great if rain said, I don't give a shit and then beats him down <laughs> afterwards. You know, that would be but, fantastic. That would be a different turn on the way yeah. these things go. Yeah, exactly. Um, then I would kind of go, okay, I like where they're going with Roman. That is just like, this isn't going to be your typical baby face. Right. Um, no, that would actually be kind of cool. But no, I could see that. And are you still hearing the plan for Mania is going to be Roman versus Brock? That's the plan. Still the plan. I mean, if it wasn't the plan, these two matches would be happening at, at Mania, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. And then, well, that begs the question, Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman. How's it going to play out? Uh, Lesnar, I think. I think it's Lesnar, I think. But if it were up to me, I'd probably have Strowman win it. And even if you really are gung-ho on doing Reigns and, and Lesnar, you do the rematch at Royal Rumble and have Lesnar win it back. Because you, if you're going to end up beating Strowman anyway, at least now you got a champion on the road, a uh, champion that's going to be on TV every week during football season. Um, so I think it, it makes all the sense in the world to have Strowman win it right now. 
they've invested so much in Braun. I mean, this has been a year long, year plus long, like 15 month build. Yeah, they've done an amazing job with them. And this, the special effects they've done with like, you know, him tossing uh, reins, you know, off the stage and that stretcher and, and get, tipping over the ambulance and just all that stuff. Um, I mean, they've done a f- phenomenal job with them and it, this isn't going to kill him. I mean, I, I, I have a feeling that Strowman's probably going to take most of this match. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think Lesnar wins it and I think that's the wrong move. So in the chat room, they're asking, um, when Samoa Joe cleared to return and could he interfere? Uh, in sometime in October. So I don't see, I don't see him interfering just yet. I mean, they could and just not have him wrestle yet, but, um, yeah, it it didn't seem like their their plans for him right now were to be in the the main event picture. Like you know, after SummerSlam, it was definitely looking like they were moving him down to the intercontinental level for a while. Yeah, we'll see though. Because I think yeah, Brock is gone for a while after after this pay per view. Yeah, he's not, currently not advertised for any other pay per views through the end of the year. So I, that could change, and I, I'd expect him to be added to one at least. But who knows? But Maybe that, they feel like it's football yeah. season. Ratings are going to be down. So why waste the money on Brock when, you know, he's that's true. They're not getting the, the, the right amount of, you know, viewership. But then again, last year they did the Goldberg Brock whole thing during football season. So well, we'll we are see. in the austerity era now. We can't afford pyro anymore. Um, you know, <laughs> we had to cancel talking smack. Strangely, WWE story time is still on the air. Um, they had to have produced these. These had to have been in the pipeline already. Probably, yeah. For that show, I mean, Edge and Christian get canceled, but this, this is coming back. Yeah, <sighs> man, they must be getting it on the cheap, maybe, or yeah, maybe it. You know, the animation takes a while, so by the time they decide to cancel all these shows, that was already being produced. Yeah, um, but I like your idea. Your idea is my favorite one. That Brock gets the beat down, disappears for a while, and then rebuilds to a rematch where he wins the title back around Rumble time. I think that would be phenomenal. Yeah. I think that's what they should do. Yeah. Um, so we'll see, man. This is going to be a good pay-per-view, though. And right afterwards, we're going to be here Sunday night, myself, Raj, and fingers crossed, Mr. Matt Morgan. Yeah. Talk about all of it. Hey, tell him to stop running for office. It's an interfering oh with the God. podcast. All these wrestlers thinking they can get elected. I know. First, Jesse Ventura, and then Kane, and now this. Yeah. Bob Backlund ran. Oh, one, yeah. of the, one of the killer bees beat Brian Blair. They didn't win, but they ran. <laughs> this is going to get him another, you know, and entry on a Wikipedia page, uh, <laughs> you know, list of former uh, sports entertainers and politics. Uh, but no, it'll be interesting. Um, and we'll talk more with Matt, of course, when he's back on the podcast. We got a little bit coming up till that election. But... Page, page question. She was, yeah, she was at the Performance Center. You know, WWE.com had an article about Page today being at the Performance Center. I think that's the first time they've acknowledged her on the website since. Mm-hmm. uh since her second her, since her last suspension so it looks like the the you know the plans are moving forward to bring her back because it was looking iffy for a while so uh yeah if she's cleared um it's only a matter of time so maybe in the next month or two i, I know i said this last wednesday and we keep bringing it up that they, they you know a women's show is not the worst idea right now what are they going to do bring her to smackdown where they're already cramming all the women into one segment or raw where they're cramming all the women into one match and then we're gonna have oscar come in and run over all of them uh yeah but then you're bringing her to a women's show that no one's gonna watch hmm. <laughs> you know you, those the you know the compare the cruiserweight classic viewership to what raw does you know and you're it's peanuts to to millions so yeah you you don't want to waste a big return like page for for nothing oh, no, I, I think I, they would still bring her on one of the shows but that's the thing week in and week out how can they really service storylines with more than two at best for women yeah but I, I again i just think putting them on a show that no one watches is not the the way to do it either yeah i don't know i think uh there might be an opportunity beyond the usual fan, but I don't know if there are people that would subscribe to the network. That is the challenge. Um, so yeah, man, what else do we got? Uh, uh, tons Bobby of Bobby Heenan. Um, I encourage everyone to check out, um, Jesse Collings, uh, 
he he wrote an article about Bobby Heenan uh, earlier tonight before Raw. Really good. Um, just looking at Heenan's career, uh, it's the views from the turnbuckle, the death of Bobby Heenan, Bobby the Brain Heenan uh, came up uh, late this evening. Uh, it's on the site. Um, it's just a great look. I mean, that guy. Um, you know, when I look at '80s wrestling and '90s wrestling and how great the memories are of it, and Heenan is su- such an underrated part of it, I think, because he was so damn entertaining and he was all oh, yeah. over those shows and he really made a lot of those feuds and he was just so great on the mic. And a lot of people in the, the comment section were talking about the 1992 Royal rumble where, you know, he was like flipping out when Ric Flair came out cause he was on commentary and uh, he had been managing Flair, but you know, the, because he decided to step back as a manager, uh, you know, basically gave Flair to Kurt Hennig and, uh, I just remember his commentary was awesome. I'm going to rewatch that probably tonight if I don't fall asleep. Um, One of the all-time greats, definitely. Just, he just he was just so damn entertaining with everything, and and he could just always find a way to 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 make the, the most mundane segment interesting. And he was one of those guys. He was great at being a heel, but he was so entertaining that he wasn't one of those heels that. Uh, you, you wanted to go away or lo- like lose a loser leaves town match. You want him around. And he was uh, he's an amazing performer and so freaking funny. And his one liners, I, I, just during the, the Monday night raw comment section tonight, people were just uh, posting a bunch of heat and one liners. And there's so many golden ones that uh, man, it's a, uh, I look at the commentary back then and having someone as sharp-witted and, and, and funny and charismatic and entertaining as Heenan. And then now you got, you know, Michael Cole and you know, no offense to Booker T, but it's not, oh, it's not Booker in the same T. league, you know? So definitely not, man. It's another, another big name from the eighties that uh, from, from my, from the wrestling that I grew up watching and, and loved that's, no longer with us. So, you know, rest in peace, Bobby. Man, it's really sad. Tribute in my opinion, to... the greatest manager of all time. No, I'd, I'd go for that. Um, and I think the con- the tributes tonight were fantastic. Great way to put in context. Yeah, that, that video segment just brought back, you know, like I said earlier, just brought back so many cool memories that, yeah, it's kind of, it's really sad. No, definitely. And it was really sad seeing um, like the videos of Heenan over the last decade, you know, suffering yeah. from, you know, cancer and, and throat cancer and couldn't talk someone you know someone with the gift of gab like that and can't talk um it's just uh it was really tragic so um yeah oh, absolutely and uh the last news bit this week what is going on with gfw <laughs> god so oh my gosh so they decide to rebrand as global force wrestling but i guess they didn't have all the the paperwork done so jeff jared still owns the name he never transferred it over <laughs> so, uh so now they're going back to impact wrestling uh so yeah they're removing the global, global force wrestling branding even though they're taped through the november so Ooh. global force wrestling is still going to be all over their tv through november and then uh, dropping it to oh wait when is the next taping? I did it. It is November, right? When's Bound for Glory? Oh, I don't know. I, with all these changes, you know, and when Matt Morgan left, I stopped watching. <laughs> yeah, so Bound for Glory is on November fifth. So they're pretty much taped through then, and then they'll do their tapings after Bound for Glory in in Canada. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, Bound for Glory is going to take place in Ottawa. Uh, yeah, so man, what a mess, you know, an, uh, another thing. And good God. And then Jim Cornette's gone. Um, Jim Cornette came back the last tapings. They made him kind of the head figurehead. Um, he had some arrests in the past, so he cannot get into Canada. So he can't go to Bound for Glory or the next set of TV tapings. And so he's, uh, so he decided, I guess he decided to call it, call it quits already. So, so who's running the show there now? Well, he was the, uh, the figurehead on yeah. TV and he's going to be through oh, okay. <laughs> until bound for glory. And then they could go back to Bruce Pritchard or oh, yeah. 
I don't know. The writers of you know Sanjay Dutt and uh, Big John Gaburik, they've said that they've been wanting to get away from the the figurehead, you know, the whole figurehead storyline stuff. So anyway, I think that'll be a good thing. But man, you know, taping this far out, it just all this stuff happens. And that one of the biggest problems with Global Force Wrestling TNA Impact, I'm going to go back to calling him TNA, <laughs> is. No one, you, you just can't get into it because you don't know who's going to be around, you know, like, and there's no, um, you know, you, you say WWE or New Japan and you say, who are their top stars? You know, New Japan, you know, it's Okada or Kenny Omega, um, you know, WWE, Cena, Reigns, you can just spout them off. With the TNA, it's just kind of all this revolving door. You don't know who their top stars are. It was Alberto for a mm-hmm. few months and he's gone and. Bobby Lashley was, but he's been pushed down. They, they don't have these core group of guys like they used to, like with AJ Styles and Bobby Roode, these core group of guys that are, are their name stars that are always at the top. And it's just a revolving door. You can't follow it. Yeah. And that's why I think this year football is hurting them way more than it has in the past because they had a very loyal fan base that would watch no matter what. I think now because there's no consistency or continuity – it's just, you know, going out the window. Yeah. I mean, they could come back, but how many reboots can you survive in a year and have people still take it seriously? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I like, I like Eli Drake. I think he's, he's the kind of guy I could see. I could see him being a big star in WWE. Cause he's exactly the kind of guy they like, you know, good looking, muscular, uh, great promo. So, um, but by trying to go for what WWE does, um, they're not creating their own niche. Their set yeah. looks like a mini WWE set. Um, the, the way they format the shows with opening with promos and how they do it, it just comes instead of catering to their strengths, they try to follow the WWE, you know, rule sheet and it just comes across as second rate, you know, their, their, their entrances, their entrance music. It just sounds Second rate, and in, if if it were me, I'd get rid of the Titantron and make it look more like a UFC entrance and make it more yeah. intimate, you know. So at least it looks different. Well, but I think that's what Lucha Underground did very well when they launched was taping the whole season at once, having more intricate storylines, treating it more like a TV show that featured wrestling rather than what we think of as a quote unquote wrestling TV show. Yeah. You know, yeah, for I, sure. No, Lucha Underground. I give them all the all the props in the world for trying something different, and it looks different. It feels different. I think their problem is is you're 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 catering something that appeals to a, a very Latino market. It, it, I don't see that catching on to a general wide American audience. You know, it's like you could have the best foreign film in the world. It's not going it, to. Chances are, outside of a few exceptions, it's not going to do as well as the American remake that's good. Mm. You know you know what I mean? Well, I feel that being on the El Rey network hurt them a lot because the vast majority of people do not get the El Rey network. Right. Yeah, so that definitely hurts them a lot, it. for sure. If they would have launched on Netflix, if they'd been a Netflix co-production and Netflix had released it all at once, I think that it would have, instead of having the delayed release, I think that they would have been able to capitalize on the buzz. Because when a lot of people were talking about it, there was the first thing of how in the heck do I watch this? Yeah, I just think there's a I just think there's a cultural thing too. I just yeah. think you know the promos and everything. There's, but uh, you know, again, uh, who knows? Maybe with a wider uh, reach, they could have gotten more. So I don't know. I, I, I love the first season, but after a while, the novelty kind of wore off. Yeah, and, and it's it's like you don't have that really big feud that you know these two guys that you want to see wrestle at the end of the season. It, it, it I don't know. No, I think they did some stuff well, but yeah, I think uh, the network thing is what hurt them the most. And um, we'll see. And it's, not, you know, and it's not dead or anything. But, oh no, uh, not at all. But you know, I still think that uh, the Cruiserweight Classic and Two Hundred Five Live are a response to Lucha Underground. I think the WWE. Really? Yeah, I think that's absolutely. more of a response to ROH and New Japan. But think about the timing, though, man. It's like right when before it was right before Lucha, or right as they were getting ready to launch season two, and they had Rey Mysterio, and it had all this goodwill and buzz. And then it was like, hey, the WWE is doing a cruiserweight tournament, you know, and that became sort of the hot thing. Yeah, I mean, Lucha Underground was kind of dead by the time 
Lucha Underground after a second, I don't know. I just felt like it never got tr- traction after the second season. The third yeah. season is just, I mean, it's just been there in, in limbo. It just keeps going and going. No one knows when it's going to end. Yeah. I could see that. Um, but man, that season two promo when that came out was so good. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool, man. Well, I think that wraps it for this week. We're going to be back Sunday night to talk about No Mercy. Maybe we'll have uh, some titles change hands. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll have a couple. Yeah, we'll see, man. No, uh, no betting on this one. No we'll see. We'll see. It looks like uh, they might be pulling the reins on that. So, um, yeah, I thought that was odd that there was no, uh, there's no smart money coming in at SummerSlam, but someone had the winners because uh, apparently someone won over forty five thousand dollars, and now the betting sites are thinking about shutting it down. Which, who who would have thought that would have been a bad idea yeah. about betting on pro wrestling? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely crazy, man. Well, stay tuned to Wrestling Inc. Uh, for all the latest and greatest in the world of professional wrestling this week. Uh, you know, every week is a busy week lately, it seems like. And we'll be back here on Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern to talk about SmackDown Live, the fallout of uh, Kevin Owens uh, just destroying Vince McMahon. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night there. Uh, Raj, anything you want to plug before we take it home? Um, we, we got the Buff Bagwell interview up last week. If you go to the site, go on our news interviews, you'll see Bagwell. We had, uh, gosh, it was Josh Matthews. Um, we got a couple more this week coming up. Uh, Laurel Van Ness, um, there's Robbie E or no Robbie. E we had last week, we, we, we got a bunch more interviews coming up. So check that out. And, and MVP is going to be joining our podcast on Wednesday tentatively. And again, okay. He's scheduled to, but after the Bret Hart stuff, I don't want to say 100% just because if there are technical issues, because we might have to start phasing out the interviews because there's so many technical issues with people <laughs> not getting how to use Google Hangouts. So <laughs> I prepared questions for Brett Raj. I was well, preparing for MVP. Yeah. Just tweak, tweak the Brett questions. I'll just ask the same MVP. questions. So you've acted on stage, you've <laughs> yeah. been in hip hop musical videos, you were in Lonesome Dove. What do you enjoy best outside of wrestling? Your appearance on The Simpsons. Yes, absolutely, man. Cool. Well, until uh, Wednesday, folks, I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and we'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.